This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. If you'll turn the machine on... Getting through? Is anything happening? I mean, will they? Will you turn the right knobs? I mean, we're on the air. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me today. As always, this is our second episode in our deep dive into our love affair with down tempo and chill out music and trip hop and, and all those terms you may hear to describe this type of music. It's a love affair cue that goes back, I don't know, a decade plus? At least a decade. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, it has to have been... 2007-ish, maybe? 2008? Yeah. yeah. We discovered it together. I think we've told this story before, but um, I think the origins are kind of, um, you know, around college age. And this is when Pandora was kind of the thing that Everybody, you know, it was kind of the gimmicky thing that that music nerds liked to 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 use to to find new tunes because, like, the whole concept of uh, a radio station, right, an internet radio station, you push play on Quantic Radio or something like that, or you know, 
Radiohead radio, and it would just play forever and just bring in songs from similar artists and whatnot, right? So And different, too, because, like, it wasn't just, like, satellite radio, which I believe was pretty yeah uh, accessible on the internet back then, you know, like, satellite radio stations that you could just stream online. It was uh, truly, like, you pick the artist, and we're just going to lay on some jams indefinitely that's in the same vein, you know? And that, it, we discovered so many great artists through Pandora. I don't think we give them enough credit, man. Yeah, it's funny because it is kind of a shame, right? Because once Spotify came out, or even like some of the Spotify predecessors, do you remember Mog? M-O-G? It was basically, it was just another audio player like Spotify, right? Okay. But like once those types of players came out, like I've only been focused on those because I've, I'm always, you know, we've talked about this before. I got to hear the whole album from start to finish, right? Right. That I like to, I like to, to spend time with an, an artist or an album and you, with Pandora, that's not the point of it, right? So anyway, I, yeah, you're right. Pandora was, was fucking amazing, man. When it came out, it's still around, obviously. It's in your cars and shit, right? Brand new cars have Pandora uh, alongside, um, God, what is the name of the giant? XM. You know, you got your XM. Or, or Sirius. And Sirius. Anyway. But yeah, that's, I think, where we where we first got into it because maybe it was Thievery Corporation or maybe it was Tosca. You know, we would spin up Tosca Radio and just discover a bunch of new artists that way. And I don't know, maybe Quantic was one of those we may have also discovered Quantic. Now, hang on, Trev. Who are we covering today? Because I don't think you mentioned it earlier. Okay. I've said the name <laughs> now a couple of times. But yeah, we're, we're talking about an English musician, DJ, record producer that goes by Quantic. His name is William Holland. That's his birth name. But he goes by Quantic. And um, he has a really interesting journey that he's gone on. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But we're going to focus primarily on his first record, the Fifth Exotic, which came out in 2001. The origin, I guess, not that anybody cares, Q, but I like to think back to like, how did we, because we, how did we stumble upon this kind of music? Because we were raised, our dad listened to classic rock primarily. He listened to bands like Steely Dan, you know, Boston, guitar heavy players like Jeff Beck, Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton. He would definitely do not this stuff. Stuff like Sade, Gino Vanelli. If you want to hear us talk about those bands, we have a batch of episodes called Dad Tunes where we kind of dig into some of the stuff that we listened to, uh, that we were exposed to by our dad basically when we were growing up. But he certainly never played any, anything like this, right? So it must have been something like Pandora. And I was wondering, is it possible that we got into Thievery Corporation because of Garden State? I'm trying to trace the origins here, Q. Because what the Garden song State, was on Garden State? There was a couple of songs. Um, I think Air Baracuda was on there and a couple of other ones, I think. But it was a lot of Thievery Corporation and a lot of the shins. Like, Zach Braff basically just, like, grabbed his iPod, you know, and that was, like, the soundtrack to, to Garden State, right? It was a lot of his. Like, he he picked the tunes for the movie. Right. And there was a lot of Thievery Corporation and a lot of the shins. So it's possible that that we got into Thievery Corporation by just being interested in the Garden State soundtrack, and then it just kind of goes from there. Because like we were saying earlier, with Pandora, all you need is one artist. You know what I mean? Pull up that radio station, and then now you're exposed to the whole catalog, right? 
or at least whatever was on Pandora. And from Thievery Corporation, you get bands like Tosca, you get bands like Quantic, Bonobo. Maybe Scalpel as well. Scalpel, yeah. Or it was because of Elemental Chill, which we kind of were reminded of today. We're kind of digging into kind of our history, getting prepared for these batch, this batch of episodes because, um, like we said, it goes back quite quite a bit. And um, Q, you were digging around on your one of your old hard drives, right? And you were looking through stuff from our New Dust days, which was the music blog that we used to run that we've talked about a few times on this podcast. But um, I saved my entire old music folder from an old desktop computer that I had. It's a treasure trove. Dude, yeah. So my music collection, and then on top of that, uh, my New Dust folder, which was all the bands that we discovered while running that blog and, you know, all the artists that reached out to us. I have like a bunch of old uh, like press kits and stuff from bands. Yeah, that's cool. But my old music folder is, I mean, a good two thirds of it is this stu- this down tempo stuff. Um, and that was, you know, a music folder I was I was building in the early 2000s, you know, around the, the 2010s. Um, and yeah, dude, there's this um, four volume compilation record, or I'm sorry, compilation set that I have that I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it's from a label called Crystal Entertainment. And these volumes, I guess, were all released around the same time, around 2002. And this is your straight up like bossa nova tinged, like posh down tempo stuff very heavy on the jazz sampled kind of music honestly a lot of it is not too interesting it, it this really is that music mm-hmm. type of put this on in the background during a cocktail party kind of music there's a lot of compilation albums like that out there there's so many of them chill this chill out that there's right. the oh yeah of dude. hundreds of, of thousands of them but what i thought was interesting i got to volume three today and so it's it's kind of cool. Each each one is a different uh, element, <laughs> elemental chill, fire, water, earth, and air, and they all have a slightly different mood to them. And on volume three, right next to each other, dude, is Quantic Time is the Enemy, which is the first song of his that we got into, which is off of this record, which is off of this record, and right below that, dude is Rorksop So Easy, which was the track that we introed in for our Rorksop episode just last week. Yeah, I mean, the fact that both of those artists are on, on that one compilation is pretty, it's a pretty safe safe bet to say that that's, that's how we discovered them. Well, and I, again, I don't think anyone cares, but here's what I'm thinking, dude. <laughs> I've got another theory too, Keith. <laughs> but no, this is interesting because if, if you lived, if if you were around... You know, if you're a music fan like we were back back then, you probably remember this kind of stuff too, like like your Soma FM. You remember Soma FM? Yeah, and then and then I was what I was gonna say is, dude, remember like uh, Soul Sir? What is it? Soul Seek? Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say, dude. We have that same theory. <laughs> yeah, because dude. a lot of times you would try to find a song and it would come from a compilation album that it existed on. I'm almost positive now that I'm thinking about it, dude. That that has to be where. Right, because my question is, how the hell did we find out about Elemental Chill? And here's here, here it is, dude. I got it now. All right, <laughs> we heard a song on Pandora. Yeah, I tried to find more music from that 
artist by typing in it, the name of the artist yep. and the track name Makes into sense. Soulseek or LimeWire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I found this uh, Elemental Chill release because, no, dude, you're right. especially with with Soulseek, you could download discography at you know at a time. Yeah. You could download an entire discography from an artist in one go. So anyway, dude, that was like. You know, when you think of like the golden age of different eras, yeah, that's like the time that you look back on it fondly. Mm-hmm. I feel like early two thousands. I'm talking like early two thousands, dude, like middle school age for us and on. Yeah, uh, that was the golden age of just feeling like you had every single song at your fingertips at any given time and of course now we're we're decades into it so that's just the norm yeah but you know that was the wild wild west dude i mean it took a lot more work back then to illegally download something we were breaking the law dude remember those commercials lars was knocking on our door and shit yeah we didn't even mention napster yet but hello right it's all under the same umbrella so um you know thank you for sticking with us while we tried to figure out how we first heard this record that's the thing, like, if you didn't hear it on the radio, then you probably discovered it in a similar way, either through a friend, or through Pandora, or through Soma FM, if you remember that. That was an old internet radio station, it's still around, the website looks exactly the same. There was a station that I used to listen to called Groove Salad. I remember that, dude. It's still Holy a thing, shit. dude. Hang on, I gotta look it's up. It's still some a thing, FM, dude. Man, I haven't even thought about that. The website forever. looks the exact same. If it looks exactly the same, I'm hoping for a good nostalgia boost. You're about to get one, dude. They have not changed their website in a decade. SomaFM.com. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I oh, used to go to. My God. I used to go to Groove Salad. That's the same image that it was back in the day. Where is it? Where is it? On the look top? at that. They actually have one called Groove Salad Classic, the classic early 2000s version. Of a nicely chilled plate of ambient down-tempo beats and grooves. I'm so glad that you remembered about this all these years, because I totally forgot about it. This is amazing, man. Amazing. So now that we've figured that out, <laughs> let's let's talk about this artist here. So his name, like I said earlier, he goes by Quantic. Uh, it's it's kind of a um, th- this is one of those records that had a lot of a lot of buzz around it when it came out in in, in, in these circles. Um, a lot of people were were, were impressed because he was. Early 20s when he put this out, like 21, and it was very polished and well-produced, and the way that he blended and and continues to do that, because this is kind of his whole thing, is you know his music features bits of soul, funk, jazz, bossa nova. Well, and hip-hop beats, dude. Hip-hop beats, which is uh, you know kind of a down-tempo, a, a piece of, of down-tempo, right, in trip-hop. Uh, and... Further into his career, as we'll get into, he brings in elements of like salsa and, and Columbia music and, and stuff like that. Which is another really popular choice for downtempo artists, especially in that Elemental Chill compilation, dude. There's a lot of that stuff, man. Yeah, there's that there's that um, long, long standing compilation series. I think it's called like Cafe Del Mar or something like that. Or Yep. What is it? It's, it's something like that, right? You're you're in the right ballpark. For so, sure. It's called it's something it's some sort of cafe. But anyway, I'm gonna read a quote here from this. Uh, there's a magazine out there called Exposed Magazine. It's a UK print magazine, right? But anyway, I stumbled upon this this um, this article that this guy wrote called "The Album That Changed My Life: Quantic, the Fifth Exotic." 
And I like the way that he described this particular person. He's like an editor, senior editor for this magazine, talking about how he was, he was raised on uh, a lot of classical music, but his parents had like Sgt. Pepper's and Dark Side of the Moon. So there's a couple of pieces of rock in there, but this guy was mostly exposed to, you know, classical music. But his two sisters, who are a little bit older than him, got him into Blur, Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Bee Gees. And then the other sister got him into Radiohead, Bob Dylan, and Quantic, which is wow. really cool, right? Wow. So anyway, his sister got him into this record, and it was the first time he had heard something like this, right? So this is probably a similar experience that we had when we first started hearing downtempo because we were raised, if you will, on similar types of music. Our dad used to listen to classical music too. Of course, we got a much wider range of exposure to um, to rock, right? Yeah, electronic music wasn't even something that I was interested in listening to at all No, before downtempo. I didn't understand it. Like, there's no real instruments here? What the hell? Yeah. But but as he says here, um, and I think I think the way he he says it is that he um, lit up a joint, okay, naturally before naturally. he pushed play for the first time, and he says here, Q, that it was then that I genuinely started seeing colors, <laughs> the <laughs> the depth of the reverb, the swirling delays, the dramatic use of panning, and the extraordinary variety in textures. We've talked about textures before. We talked about that with Royksop last week. Yep. He says it was a seamless journey into a whole new universe. Dude, that sums up how I felt about downtime, but like yeah. discovering it for the first time. Like this is, wow, this is something that's been going on for quite a long time now. I, you know, it just was totally under my radar. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, we'll just put that out there for now, right? A pretty... That's a pretty nice picture that was just painted, right? So yeah, let's dive into the first track. Um, I got a lot to cover, unfortunately. I'm getting hyped, dude. Getting hyped. <laughs> so we're, we're going to, like I said, we're going to play two or three songs off of this record, but I'm going to play some of his other music that he has done under the Quantic umbrella. So stay tuned for that. But let's just jump here into the first song. Um, this is actually the title track. So that intro that played us in, leads right into this song so i'm actually going to have the intro fade into this one because he, he this is one of those records that kind of fades from track to track and sometimes you gotta you gotta hear that right to appreciate it so i'm gonna let the introduction fade into the first track here that we're gonna play and this is again the title track so this is the fifth exotic if you'll turn the machine on are we getting through Is anything happening? I mean, will they? Will you turn the right knobs? I mean, we're on the air. Is that good? Oh, you say we're getting there. Oh, fine. Good. Any minute now. Knowledge. 
this kind of music to me always just feels like a score to a movie soundtrack. And I mean that in a good way. Like a heist movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is the this is what you'll hear on the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack or something right. like that, right? And I wanna I wanna go back to what I said before about how previously electronic music, quote unquote, was just not something I was interested in. Because like you said, growing up, it was pretty much only rock and roll, right? So a four piece band, each one playing an instrument, a singer. Yeah. Actual, you know, I didn't appreciate an artist, like a solo one person band that created everything on their computer and and created loops and samples to make music. I didn't appreciate that. But you know what's interesting is like watching MTV when we did, which was before we got into down tempo, we heard stuff like, you know, Fatboy Slim and Moby. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of other really well-known mainstream, probably Dat Punk. I'm sure we heard some Dat Punk. So it's not like that we weren't. It's not like we weren't exposed to it. But down tempo feels like it's in a whole nother, a whole. It's under a whole nother umbrella, right? Like down tempo is mostly, like we were saying, jazz and soul, and like funk based. Well, I think you mentioned this last week. You're not necessarily going to hear this stuff. You know, it's not. It, they're not club bangers, right? Yeah, and this kind of stuff never made it to MTV. That's why we probably in our head electronic music was you know, I liked dude, who did who doesn't like Fatboy Slim? You know what I mean? Right. Those those songs that you heard when if you know, if you turned into TRL on on the right week or whatever. I always think back to that music video with Christopher Walken dancing. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so it's not like we had never heard electronic music and this was a whole new thing to us. But this style of it, I think, was. And that's what I, I think made us so interested in it because it was just so different, you know? Yeah. And it, it's like breathing new life into old jazz records and old, yeah. um, you know, like the Bossa Nova stuff, like I was saying. Right. Which can be super cheesy if it's not done right. Quantic does it really well. And, you know, that's another genre that you and I were exposed to at a young age, jazz. Yeah, that's true. So this gave us a new reason to really appreciate jazz music. It was like listening to jazz music, but like somehow it felt like cooler, you know? Yeah, dude. Not that jazz isn't fucking cool. And that was back when we were walking around (laughs) that outdoor uh, shopping mall with our freaking pipes and our cigars. We used to smoke pipe tobacco like a couple (laughs) of losers. Early 20s, dude. We thought we were hot shit. How dumb we must have looked. I I felt sophisticated, dude. You know, we're listening to down tempo. Remember the perfect thing happened, dude? One of the times that we were walking around this, you know, high class um, shopping area outside. For those that live in the Dallas area, it was the Shops at Legacy. Shops at Legacy. Okay. Very posh. For the one person who knows what we're talking about. (laughs) There's a lot of people that live in Dallas, dude. True. Anyway. We used to go there and, and we we just walk around and, and smoke pipe tobacco. But some of the shops had outdoor speakers and one of them was playing Tosca mm-hmm. as we were walking by with our pipes, dude. We were like, this is the universe trying to tell us something. Yeah, that was the most important thing that had happened to us in the last <laughs> 10 years, dude. Yeah, because Tosca was one of those down tempo bands that we were into at the time. Anyway, <laughs> so if you have pipe tobacco and you... We're not recommending that you do that. 
I am 100% against it nowadays. We're not here to tell you how to live your life. We wouldn't do it. But I'm, what I'm saying is like, hey, if you want to light up a pipe right now, I think this is good music to listen to with a pipe tobacco. I, dude, it's great music for this, man. Exactly. We're not saying you should do that. We're not saying that at all. Don't do that. No. But, but if, if you, you wanted, wanted to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe the time to do it. So let's talk about uh, the man behind Quantic here. So uh, like I said, his name is Will Holland. He is from the UK. What's interesting about him is that his he's a, he's a, a, a guitar player, or at least he was he learned how to play guitar. He comes from kind of a musical background, and that plays a key role into how he makes music now versus how he did it with this first record. With the first record, it was made in his bedroom by himself, sampling old records like a lot of down tempo artists do, right? He wanted to incorporate more live music as he went out throughout his th- the rest of his career. So like, I'm going to play a- actually a couple of tracks later in the episode that demonstrate some of the co- really cool, great, amazing stuff that he does. That happened with Bonobo too, right? It wasn't a, and also uh, Tycho. They, they start to incorporate live instruments into the and, music. Yes. And ta- I, you know what? The funny thing is it makes total sense that a down-tempo artist's first record is going to be made in the bedroom, perhaps. You don't have the money to pay live musicians to come to the studio. Yeah. But it makes sense that like the more you evolve, it's like you you want to make it feel more real. You know what I mean? You're probably tired of sampling. Like you know what you hear in your head as far as the music you want to hear on your record. Yeah, it gives you more control. Yeah, exactly. All right, so here, this is from an interview here that he did with the, um, the At Florida music blog uh, talking about uh, sort of his influence and stuff when he was younger. He says, in my early teens, I developed my own tastes and whisked through an extended period of heavy metal to heavy rock, to grunge, to punk, to trip hop, jungle, hip hop, and sampled beats. So that was kind of his trajectory, I guess. At 16, my mother helped me enroll in a local course for sound engineering at a nearby college. And from there, I began producing beats. My father was a lecturer there of mechanical engineering and also was a computer programmer on the side. He taught me to use simple programs to loop and sample, make synth sounds, and generally experiment. This was a new time for digital music, and sampling was something that really attracted me. That's really cool, man. So he had like the perfect, you know, the perfect environment, it sounds like. Well, yeah, it sounds like his both of his parents were supportive of it. His mom was the one who enrolled him in that sound engineering class. He was just 16 years old. That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, five years later, he puts this record out. So anyway, um, it sounds also from like what are some other interviews I read. He talks about how his dad used to play like the banjo and like would play like these folk guitar type things and taught him how to play guitar and stuff like that. So it's interesting that like he is very much, you know, a trained musician as well. And in the sense that he like he he actually plays a bunch of, of different instruments. He, he plays um Guitar, bass, double bass, piano, organ, saxophone, accordion, percussion. So he is a bona fide musician, right? So it's interesting that when he first got into it, probably because like he was saying, this was kind of a novel thing of the time, like sampling and digital music production and stuff like that, that he went that direction in the beginning. But then like eventually, like just like the the desire to make make all of the music, right? All of the instruments that you hear and stuff like that is what he eventually went toward right but anyway that's his background is more you know like i said classically trained his dad used to play the banjo he taught him how to play guitar yada yada 
All right, Q. Let's play another tune here. Let's do it. So I'm trying to paint the picture. That's what I like to do. You're really good at it. You got to know who this guy is so you can truly appreciate this music and then the music he later makes. But we're going to play the next track here. This song is called Life in the Rain. Just the perfect marriage of old school jazz and hip hop, dude, with those beats and that that bass, man. Yeah, and speaking of old school jazz, that is "Take Time" by Dave Brubeck oh. sampled in for the, the the drums and stuff when it comes in. Amazing, and the bass that's like standing bass line. So right, yeah, that upright bass, so cool, perfect, dude. Because that's that's one of the most iconic jazz records of all time. Yeah, dude. And uh, he uses it so perfectly. Like it's 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 perfect, right? But anyway, that moment right there when it all kind of comes together, that's that is why those moments are why you listen to down tempo. We mentioned that last week too with Rorksop. Yeah, I mean that's why you listen because, like, I know that part's coming up. Like when I hit play on this track, I'm like, I can't wait till this part. I mean, 
that happens with all it's not just down tempo like if you're a fan of of heavy metal and you're like i can't wait till the fucking guitar solo you know what i mean there's moments like that in every type of music but i'm saying that's that moment in in down tempo is when all the the layer building and stuff that happens and then it just kind of pays off right there and i've actually i've got another clip from the song because this is actually the longest track on the record uh, but i wanted to play this little um thing that happens right after that part so i'm going to fade it back in uh so here you go this is the uh, second clip from life in the rain So I really like that guitar, little guitar solo, right? Yeah. So was that him? Yeah, that was him. That, okay. That's the point I wanted to make was that like, that wasn't a sample. He did sample Dave Brubeck, uh, Take Time in this song, but the guitar, because that's part of his background, that's actually him. Um, and he actually has a few musicians that, that did appear, uh, which is really cool. His uh, One of his sisters actually provides a saxophone on one of the tracks. Cool. And um, he has, yeah, there's somebody that, that contributes a Rhodes track on, on uh, Life in the Rain, which is this song, actually. So there's a Rhodes and uh, the guitar solo were actual live instruments. Really well executed, dude. Like, he, he really knows what he's doing. And like you said, he was, what, 21 when this came out? Right. Really well produced. Yeah. And that's kind of what made it stand out. And, you know, the funny thing is everybody pointed to like, wow, he was only 21. Like, it sounds so great. Well, that's because he went to, he took a course on audio engineering. You know what I mean? Like he was trained in it at that, you know, before that's uh, part of his, his trade, right? Like, right. He could have gone on to, to, to produce records as, as his living for his living. Right. Yeah. But anyway, man, I was thinking while, while we were listening to that, that song just begs to have a rapper, like spit some rhymes over it, dude. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, it, they really let, he lets it build up quite a bit. And it's very heavy on the um, the drum beat, you know. It just kind of, you know, and that's another thing with down tempo. It can it has a lot of repetition, but it's just a blast to listen to, man. Yeah, I love it. It yeah, and that's the thing. Like you heard the you heard the um, like the vocal sample, right? He does that quite a bit, and you'll hear it in the next track uh, that I play. But I I tend to not like that anymore when I when I. If I'm in a phase where I'm looking for new down tempo or new chill kind of music, I shy away from songs that sample in old clips from movies or something like that. You know what I mean? It's been I overdone. Like uh, it's been overdone. Yeah. Over the last few decades. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, I'm with you, dude. Like if they, if I hear another like space exploration 
kind of like a voiceover or like a nature documentary. David Attenborough or something. You know, that in every, any bedroom artist who's, who's making electronic music right now, that's what you do. But the funny thing is, that's exactly who Quantic was when in 2001, he was in his bedroom make, putting this record together. But he does it like sparingly. And it was also in 2001. I don't know how prevalent it was back then. But if people, if you're still doing it now, like I'm for some reason, like I got my fill back, you know, 20 years, 20 fucking years ago, dude. I think it can be done right. Yeah. I like when, when an artist will use those vocals and not chop it up to where you can't understand what they're saying, but, but repurpose them in a way. Like we mentioned last week with Workshop, that song, A Higher Place. Yeah. I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Let's take a quick break. All right, Q, I got one more track from this record, and I got a couple more tracks to play from him after this one. Like you were saying, Q, Time is the Enemy is the song that got you into down tempo. Without a doubt. Okay. And this is also the song... Ain't no doubt in my mind. <laughs> ...that was on... Uh, Elemental Chill. Volume three. So this might have been the one that he that he lent out to all of these Dime a dozen record labels. Compilation records out there. Yeah. Who knows? But it does it does it I mean shit, dude. This probably proves it right here. <laughs> it has thirty five million plays uh on Spotify compared to four million is the next highest one on this record. So yeah. If you push play on any compilation album that 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 features Time is the Enemy. You know, it adds to the play count on this record, right? It's such an amazing song, dude. Everything about it is flawless, and it's a perfect example. It like it's a it a it, it's a quintessential down tempo song, right? Absolutely. Not that "Life in the Rain" or "The Fifth Exotic," the other two songs we played, aren't, but I think this one, for some reason, like hits all the right notes and stuff, right? All right, so here we go. This song is called "Time Is the Enemy."
It's hitting all the right notes, dude. Like you said, it's got it all. And I would say of, of the other tracks that we played, this is the closest to Rorik's Sop as far as like a softer. Good call. With the piano, you know, and the nice echo and stuff. Yeah, the reverb. Um, yeah, the reverb, the delay on the piano and the guitar thing. And right right before you faded out, it had that moment where pretty much all the instruments and the, and the drum beat all gets taken away. Yeah. And then it all comes back in. It all comes back, yeah. And we've talked about that before. With the Tosca episode, it was really the first episode and that was early early forever ago dude. yeah and i think we talked about that exact thing where like one of the things that we like about down tempo is the layer building we've talked about it i think on this episode too but like it's it's always about like taking away an instrument and then bringing it back later and changing it up slightly when you bring it back and it's very very repetitive you know what i mean most of these songs are very repetitive but for some reason, it, it works, you know, because it's all about taking away layers and, and, and doing things differently to, to it or, or stopping everything and bringing it all back and stuff like that. It's always very subtle. Yeah. Uh, so this song in particular, he sampled three tracks, or at least on whosampled.com, um, three tracks have been, have been um, I guess, uh, you know, because whosampled.com is purely user-driven. So this is what people have at least submitted for what they hear as samples from the song. There's a Rare Earth song called Get Ready, a Tony Newman song called Soul Thing, and a Lena Horne song called And I Love Him. So that's sampling from jazz, rock, and funk and disco. So there you go. And that's another thing. I, I think in order to be a successful down-tempo musician, you have to be in love with crate digging. At record stores. Yeah. You've got to be really well-rounded with, with the kind of music you listen to. And that's one of the things that um, that this guy, Will Holland, like makes a point to do when he goes to different cities when he's touring and stuff like that. He'll, he'll jump into record stores. and look, Now, he's a world traveler, right? And look for records from that area. So, like, when he's in, for example, when he, when he was in Colombia, he had a reason to be in Colombia probably on tour, or I think he was uh, maybe hanging out with a friend or something like that. But uh, I'm, I'm telling this story for, for a very good reason here. But let me, let me actually pull up a clip uh, from an interview where he is talking about how he fell in love with these, um, with these records from Colombia. Art of recording, I think, is such a beautiful form because it's transporting. It can uh, allow you a window into a world which maybe is, is not even there anymore. What happened in Colombia is that the jukeboxes were um, 78 bass jukeboxes instead of 45. So it, this was like the principal medium for, for listening to music in, in clubs and social kind of environments. So they pressed like up until the late 70s a lot of records. And th this is a heavy thing. This is um, Rufu Garrido, who's a costeño um, musician. He recorded for uh, Coro Fuentes a lot, but uh, this is called Inspiración Sabanera. Um, I don't have a 78 recorder, so I'll do it with my finger. You consider that, like, at uh, that time, like, uh, like, vinyl real estate was quite kind of hard to come by, and they uh, the fact they devoted like a whole side just to the band just getting, just doing their thing, just like, yeah, just very expressive, like clarinet and like, yeah, it's like hard to find records that like that. But.
That's cool, dude. So yeah, he he spent some time in Colombia basically and and fell in love with this particular record label called Disco Fuentes that was like uh like he was kind of saying there like um pressing a lot of records for these jukeboxes that would show up everywhere and it would have these like full full on like jazz ensembles that would do this like And uh, what did he say like uh, vinyl realistic? Sound realistic or something, which was something hard to come by back then as far as like the the quality of the recording. Yeah, and that's something that he latched onto was the 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 quality of the production and the recording and stuff like that. Yeah, so he could he could pull from those and use them as samples. Well, that's the thing though, Q. He says here, uh, for a while I was always looking for these old Cumbia records, and I really idolized these musicians that I found on the back of the jackets. The standard and quality musicianship of record production in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I guess it it was the peak for the microphones, the disc cutting, or even the piano tuners. And then in Colombia, I got to meet a lot of those musicians. We were hanging out, recording together, and became friends. Through that experience, I ended up thinking, actually, that they were a lot like us. They were young, hanging out, cutting some records, just like we are doing. It was this moment that I realized we all just have to be creative and do our best and make as much music as we can and collaborate and be creative. I love that, dude. What an aha moment. You don't think about that stuff when you listen to music from way back then. And what it what it reminded me of, the, the way I, that he, he talks about this, is that he, kind of like we talked about with Kings of Convenience, their reason for wanting to make that kind of music is that he just wanted to hear it again because nobody makes it. So anyway, long story short... Uh, he he's formed a an ensemble called Quantic and his Combo Barbero, but before that he he produced records under this other name called Quantic Soul Orchestra. So this has been like a long thing that he's been doing. So basically, remember how I told you that he had his sister would play the saxophone on some of these tracks, right? When he first started Quantic Soul Orchestra, he would just pull in, you know, again like friends, family members that knew how to play instruments. But the point was, none of it was sampled, right? So I'm going to play one track from their second record from Quantic Soul Orchestra. And this song, this is interesting, right? This is what makes Quantic stand out is that he is kind of like I was saying earlier, like a full, full blown musician. And he steps away from his like Quantic name, even though it's typically part of the the names of his other side projects. But like he steps away from the down tempo type stuff and just makes real music with real musicians that a lot of times have a down tempo like backbone to them you know what i mean like they sound like they could be a song that would be sampled by a down tempo artist or the backbone of a down tempo song anyway let's play a song here this is off of uh the quantic soul orchestra which is again one of his side projects this record is called pushing on and this song is called west pier get down
Nothing to not like about that, dude. Yeah, it's great, man. What I like about Quantic's, like, his approach to music is, you know, a lot of down-tempo artists would, if they had that song on their head, they would maybe try to go find samples where they could, samples from old jazz records or something like that, where they could take it and, and make it kind of sound like that, right? He just said, fuck it, I just I just want to make music like this. And he went out and did it, right? Well, and genius move on his part, dude, because anytime he wants to go back and just make some sample-based music, he has all of these dope recordings of instruments that, that are isolated that he recorded in his studio with these badass musicians. He could just use all of this recordings to make music from now on. <laughs> yeah, or if he wants if he wants a saxophone player, he just calls up the guy that appeared on this record, right? So for this song in particular, he credits the uh, saxophone and trumpet. Saxophone was somebody named Tracy Waname. And the trumpet was Todd Simon. Todd Simon's actually credited for writing the song as well. So there you go. Nice. Because it's a very trumpet heavy song, right? Anyway, so like I was saying earlier, I wanted to play that first because like that kind of shows that he was he was already doing this kind of thing. But then when he went to Columbia and fell in love with those old records and met and talked with a bunch of these record th- these musicians that showed up on those old records. He decided to to form another band, like I was saying earlier, the Quantic and his Combo Barbero, and they put out a record that is amazing, and it's called Tradition in Transition. This will be our last track today. I think it should be noted here, dude. This came out in 2009. That's a while ago. 2009. Yeah. One thing about him, he's just so prolific. He is one of the, like, they kind of call him, like, the busiest, most hard hardworking musician in that particular genre of, of musicians right if you look at his his discography uh, like he just collaborates with a bunch of people he, he works with this um, female vocalist named alice russell who apparently has lended her vocals to a bunch of down tempo artists nice um anyway and then if you look at his singles and eps like it just just it scrolls for days, <laughs> days. he's put out six tracks already this year Damn. six singles right um so he's just always making music. Anyway, so let's play one last track here. And again, so the story here is that he went to Columbia, fell in love with these old jazz records, and wanted to make music like this again. And so he did. So this song is called Mas Pan. More bread. More bread. Is that what that is? Pan is bread? Yeah, dude. Come on now. Okay. All right. You know I what? thought you were from Texas, brother. I am. Wow. Thank you. 
my absolute favorite flavor of funk and soul. Yeah. Love it. I gotta, I'm got. i definitely going to dive into that album. I haven't listened to that. Of course, the whole album is great, right? But yeah, basically, uh, I'm going to read the write-up here from the record label's website. It says, um, basically, uh, this record sees Will Quantic Holland, that's what they call him, <laughs> mining the lesser-tapped musical sources from the Caribbean, Latin America, and Africa, and fusing those rediscovered psychedelic, experimental, and rhythmically rich sounds of the past with deep funk and soul elements and folkloric vocal styles. Awesome. So what's cool about that to me is that like as a like I was saying, as a down tempo musician, like you're always fusing these types of sounds together, right? I think it's just really cool that Will just said fucking him. Let me just get some people together and, and start making this music again, you know. There's no reason why this kind kind of music can't still exist and still sound amazing, you know what I mean? And uh, that's what makes him kind of stand out. Yeah, and that shows too how just how great of a musician he is. Yeah, and dude. Let me just circle back, bring it all back home, dude. I just don't think I was mature enough to appreciate the musicianship that goes into being an electronic artist that heavily samples music. And these artists, like we mentioned as well, Tycho has has done this as well over the years bonobo bringing in live musicians and you know with with william holland it just proves just how how much talent is coursing through their veins dude like it's just something i didn't think about and appreciate when i was younger and that's why i didn't gravitate towards this music until i was a little bit older yeah i mean you have to be you're kind of a a composer a producer you're you're constantly digging for for the sound that you're looking for when you're digging through old records and stuff. He's hearing old jazz, old blues, old uh, you know, old Columbia records and stuff like that. Like you're getting exposed at least if if you approach it the way that he did, you're getting exposed to all this this rich like history of music. Like you're going to be well versed in in music in order to be a successful down-tempo musician because you're always looking for all these, how do all these pieces fit together? You know what I mean? And like Quantic is, is an example of somebody who really, really excels at that. And like so much so that he can put together and, and write music with a full band. Well, awesome, dude. What a great, great way to dive into this down-tempo stint. I mean, I feel like we, you know, works up was just a little taste, like just to kind of ease you in. Now we're like full blown jazzy down tempo. We're in it now, dude. What what are we doing next week? Uh next week is gonna be Thievery Corporation. I you're gonna be steering that ship too, man. I had never really got into them totally down to steer because this 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 album is great. And I will say, if like I mentioned earlier, if you're familiar with the Garden State soundtrack, you will be familiar with some of these songs. But yeah, this is another one of those just like classic, iconic down tempo records that I think got a lot of attention and exposure from from that movie. I think um, you know he, he kind of um, introduced Garden State was the first time I heard this music. But um, but anyway, that soundtrack introduced some good music to a lot of people. That was a really popular soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, same goes for the Shins, dude. A lot of people that was their first. That was like their introduction to. New Sling was Garden State. And you want to talk about the perfect scene, dude. I know, dude. For a band 
to be introduced to the world with, right? Yeah, she puts her headphones on and just says, "You listen to the song, it's going to change your life. Exactly. <laughs> this manic pixie dream girl, that's like the trope that that yeah. character was. Yeah, dude. Is like, let me, let me take you into this whole new world here, Zach Braff. What a perfect song, man, for that scene. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, Thievery Corporation songs were used in, in more of the um, artistic scenes, like when he's standing in front of the wallpaper and his shirt matches the wallpaper. Oh, yeah. that's The Thievery Corporation song is, is playing in the background during that scene, I believe, when he's at the restaurant serving tables, contemplating how he screwed up his life, basically, or whatever. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's next week. We're going to talk about the mirror conspiracy by Thievery Corporation. That is another example of, I think Thievery Corporation has always collaborated with musicians. Uh, I think it's a duo. A lot of times electronic artists come in pairs like Rory Sop, like Daft Punk. Tosca. Thievery Corporation, Tosca, exactly. Uh, Underworld, which we'll be talking about at some point. But yeah, that's kind of interesting to me. There's a lot of, uh, there must be a reason for that. Um, a really obvious reason that we don't know, but it probably just makes it easier. Yeah, dude. You got to have two minds at least. Just like us, dude. Two minds. <laughs> yeah. But that's next week. Um, hopefully you you enjoy this as much as we do. Um, I hope that some of you are out there, like this guy that I talked about earlier in the beginning of the episode, who had never been exposed to this kind of stuff before. And it changed his life. I'm hoping there's at least one listener out there who has never really given Down Tempo a fair shake. And we can bring you on on board with us. Yeah, I hope we can do for you what Zach Braff did for so many people with the Garden State soundtrack. Well, there you go. I feel like we walked down memory lane quite a bit today, man. SomaFM.com. Man, that brought me back, dude. Thank I just love that. that they didn't change it, man. I love it when websites do that. I totally forgot about this, man. I'm going to pull up Groove Salad tomorrow. Dude, let's do an outro song and just click on Groove Salad. It's going to be whatever it is that's playing when I piece this episode together. That's what I'm going to do, dude. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna pull the audio from my, my sound card on my computer, and we're just going to outro out with whatever is playing on Groove Salad, the internet radio station from Soma FM. That's going to be our outro, dude. It's going to be perfect. All right, Q. So that's next week. We'll do Thievery Corporation as we continue our journey through some of the down tempo that you and I fell in love with oh, so many years ago. And then, dude, we're going to wrap it all up. I think we already talked about this, but um, after our What You Heard, which will be in a few weeks, we're going to do a down tempo What You Heard. It's not really a What You Heard. It's more of a down tempo mixtape. That's going to be a similar format to what you heard, but basically there's, there's, there's too many tracks and artists that we love to, we could spend the next year doing down tempo stuff. So we thought it'd be fun to do, you know, we each bring five other down tempo tracks just from our wide collection and experience listening to this type of music over the last decade. That's going to be a dope episode, man. Yeah. We'll spare you all an entire year's worth of, yeah, of this kind of music and just, Play a bunch of good music, uh, good down-tempo music all in one episode just to wrap it up in a few weeks. Yeah, so we got three or four more episodes devoted to this kind of stuff, and then we'll be right back to rock and roll. Some 80s rock alternative is what we have in, in mind. So don't worry. Sit tight. If you hate this kind of stuff, we'll be back to our regular 
genres and, and wheelhouse very, very soon. All right, Q, um, where can they find us? Oh, you're passing it on to me today. I'm, dude, I'm always sitting here just hoping that you go through and, and, and say the outro. You no, know, dude, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta be uncomfortable. I guess I'll do it. You know? I guess I'll do it. Well, you can find us on Twitter, Travis, at No Filler Podcast. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Send us a message on there. Uh, give us some music su- suggestions. We are always looking for more tunes, new tunes, new bands to listen to. Uh, if we like what we hear from your suggestion, we are that's how we are planning on, hopefully, finishing up all of our What You Heard episodes with an outro handpicked by a listener. Uh, and that goes for our Down Tempo mixtape episode that's coming up. If you've got a Down Tempo artist that you absolutely love, or a song in particular, send us a suggestion, and maybe we'll outro that episode with... Uh, your song so yeah reach out to us on twitter uh always looking to start musical conversations with our listeners so you can find us there at no filler podcast we are also part of the pantheon podcast network that is the podcast for music lovers got maybe even hundreds by now dude i don't know how many shows we've got but we're we're nearing a hundred shows dozens in the network dozens quite a few dozens lots of great music centered shows in the network proud to be a part of the family you can find us at pantheonpodcasts.com and as always we would like to thank akg for supporting the show and yeah next week we'll be coming at you with some thievery corporation and we're gonna fade us out i'm just gonna fade us into some groove salad on soma fm some internet radio for you that's gonna outro us out i hope it's good i'm dude i'm not even gonna Like, I'm not going to just pretend like it's spontaneous. I'm for real going to just press record and just whatever's planned, that's going to be our outro. So make sure you hit Groove Salad Classic because that is from that. That is what you and I would have listened to. I wonder if it's my guess is it's the same playlist from back then, which is hilarious and amazing at the same time. So, yeah, mystery down tempo track from Groove Salad on Soma FM is going to play us out. And yeah, we we will be shouting at you next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name's Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care. of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later 92 percent because of a bike 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 